Cool. So, Sean, let's talk about interviews, man. Uh, this is something that just came up in one of the um, uh, one of the interviews that we're working on in post production uh, for what we do. And uh, one of the things I run into on a fairly regular basis is um, early in somebody's podcasting life cycle, they kind of don't know how to run a good interview style podcast. So I know you've learned a lot. I know I've learned a lot in the episodes I've recorded. Uh, why don't you share some of your some of your big things about uh, how to be successful in that? Sure, will do. I know this is a popular topic, and everybody's got their respective flavors or styles that they're interested in as well. Also, because not all podcast styles are the same. But realistically speaking, for I'm going to keep the context focused on if you're having a guest based show. So if you haven't, if you're recording podcast episodes and it's usually meeting someone new, maybe for the first time or second time that you've spoken, but it's a one-on-one -on -one podcast interview style, how to, in my opinion, kind of structure that most effectively for your audience and your listener, and also to make your guest comfortable, because that's a component of it as well, too. Realistically, there's a few things I think to keep in mind. Number one, I don't think either person should completely dominate the conversation. Um, but I think most of the emphasis is typically supposed to be on your guest. I think that's usually what makes the best content because the the purpose of that episode is to feature your guest and to learn from them. So as the host, responsibility-wise, in my opinion, it's to ask the best question. Like, how can you ask the best question that's going to enable them to demonstrate their value, help educate your listeners, and provide the most value to them as well? So figuring out what the right question is to ask, which is oftentimes open-ended so that it's not just like yes or no or quick uh, one-word answers, but at the same time, it's not 10, 15-minute just rambling streams of consciousness. I think making sure that it's valuable, detailed enough uh, to qualify as thorough in terms of an answer or something that will satisfy your audience, but Again, not something that rambles or goes on all seemingly indefinitely because I've been there too, or is leaving a lot of those details out. But if you're to err on one side or the other, I'd rather you create more of a, and I like to call them conversations as opposed to interviews, because I also want a little bit of back and forth, right? So as your guest may be providing context or answering questions, they're also your listener more than likely is coming up with responses to some of those questions as in. Maybe they believe them, maybe they don't, maybe they have follow-up questions, maybe they want to challenge something, whatever it is. I've tried to channel my inner listener to the specific podcast that I'm creating and managing to think through how they might be thinking of what's being said and what questions they want answered next. So that's that's kind of how I like to try to keep the rapport going as you're going back and forth on the topic. So, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for uh, just long enough now to also... Um, have interviewed folks that, or, or you know, uh, to contextualize it in your feedback, to have conversation with folks um, where they're not sure how to respond. Um, and so in, in a lot of cases, you have to, uh, in the interview, create space for people to do that, right? Um, and it's, you're not live on the radio. Dead air is okay. We can edit out dead air. Your podcast production team, whoever they are, is going to make dead air go away in the event that somebody needs to process and think about their responses. Um, that processing time creates space for people to really engage uh, well in a conversation. Um, 
as people though, I think we are afraid in general of that as it comes up. Like people are like, mm, I need to fill this silence with something. That's why we use words like um and ah uh, to let people know that we're not done thinking yet. <laughs> like we've got to, we got to put all the words in order. So <clears throat> when you get to those situations, I think one of the things that you have to understand as a, uh, somebody in a conversation or somebody running a podcast or what have you is um, those dead spaces are not problematic. Um, I'm prone to uh, a pregnant pause uh, here or there. And if you've known me or walked with me for any length of time, you know, my pauses are, are approaching legendary at this point, the length and uh, the amount of time it takes for me to actually reflect. Uh, but what it really means is I'm trying to give a best, the best answer. And in the context of a podcast, that time uh, to create the best answer or formulate the best answer means better outcomes for your show. So when it comes to that, you know, Sean, you mentioned it already, and I think this is important. Uh, the kinds of questions you ask are vital. Uh, and I think you do a really good job in that, uh, in that space of like trying to be a little bit of a challenger as well. Um, can you talk about like, how do you put, know when and where to push a guest? Uh, because I think you do a great job at this. I appreciate that. And it's something I've worked on too, because right. The other thing I'm trying to balance is making sure the guest remains comfortable enough to do their best on the show, because some of it, when you're getting started, especially, and this is why I always recommend if you're going to have a recording session, leave extra time to get set up in the beginning, kind of ease your guest into the episode and the process, because it might be the first time that they've done it before. So whatever you can do to put their minds at ease is going to enable them to perform their best, right? If they're a nervous wreck, then they're just going to be too uncomfortable to produce great content and have a good conversation. But in terms of, you know, going back and forth on concepts and whatnot, I look for stuff that is complimentary, but also constructive feedback as in if they're giving me a, some type of response, uh, whether it's opinionated or not, then I want to look for ways to potentially point counterpoint some topics because again, that's probably some of the questions that some of the listeners are ultimately going to have. So um, as I'm channeling my inner thoughts through them, I'm thinking, what's the most constructive way to phrase my next question that either prepares us for another perspective or enables us to elaborate on that topic from that angle to cover it more comprehensively and consider the alternatives, right? Because that's potentially some feedback as well. Like there's some now at the same time, like there's some shows, it's almost like shock jock level value of like the Howard Stern type stuff, which don't get me wrong. That's a style, right? And a really popular one for, for some, but that's not really the style that I'm going for. I'm not trying to pigeonhole someone or do anything that, you know, tries to make it look like they're misrepresenting themselves. But that's why I also have the a conversation with them before we record. So recommend two separate sessions in the first session that we speak, that we are getting introduced with one another and talking about topics and stuff like that. I'll get an understanding of basically is their level of knowledge or expertise appropriate for the show? As in, are they at a level where they can provide value to the listener? And if it isn't, then I have a super friendly conversation about like, hey, I think you'd be great, but not yet. Or, you know, this is going to be a great topic. I think this will work out really well before we move forward with the actual scheduling so that I don't wind up either recording content that isn't going to be great or, you know, um, having a very wide variety of like quality from guest to guest because I'm trying to keep that process as consistent as possible. But I think that's the best way that I 
have a tendency to ultimately do that is figure out if they've done or shared something. And I know that there's popular consensus out there or folks that have definitely a different take on the matter. I'll look for ways to kind of introduce that to see what the what the guest's perspective is on that as well, too. Like what level of relevance do they feel like that has in whatever topic it is we're talking about? I think you'd said something that's really, um, you alluded to something, I guess, earlier in this response. And I'm, um, uh, it's it's something that makes a ton of sense in, in my mind. And that is as an interviewer, as somebody in a conversation, oftentimes you find yourself taking on different roles. Um, and sometimes the role you take on is the voice of the listener. Like I'm a listener. I have no idea what this person's talking about. Um, so I need to ask questions that get a better explanation or get a lower level of understanding or a higher level of understanding um, as the voice of the listener. Sometimes you're the voice of the challenger, like the person who's going to be challenging those thoughts or beliefs that uh, that your guest has. Uh, sometimes you are the fellow collaborator, right, with the guest where you are co-creating uh, some understanding or some knowledge. And I think the understanding what role to take on and when um, also depends on essentially your vibe with your guest. Uh, and so <clears throat> that that pre-screening interview where you have that like quick upfront conversation will kind of get you a chance to figure out what kind of guest you're dealing with, right? Um, you know, the, the engineering style guests are going to give you the, the engineering style answers. The artistic style guests are going to give you the artistic style answers. And in many ways, you vibe differently with those uh, potential uh, interviewees or guests on your show. So with, with all of that said, um, there's also some best practices on the interview itself, right? So how do you wrap up? How do you uh, like long, what's the difference between like a good long form question? Like, why do we do long form questions? So let me answer one of those. And then you can, you can tell me how we wrap up while we wrap up. Um, the, the, the first one is um, the long form question and the value of a long form question. Asking long questions is awesome. And you ask long questions to give your guest a time to formulate an answer. So you ask the question and then you over narrate the question again. You, you say the question longer, almost twice. Uh, and that gives your guest time to think much like I just did with Sean. So Sean, tell me how we wrap a show. Well said. So for me, I think almost like any piece of content wrapping up an episode I think it's good to kind of hit some of the key points or the summary elements, give folks an idea about where they can go to kind of learn more, whether or not you want them to follow along on some other things more specifically. If your guest has done some important things or impressive things, written books, created great resources, you can point or recommend those. Oftentimes there'll be other resources that aren't necessarily theirs. They weren't created by them, but they were mentioned in the show. Um, oftentimes I point folks to the notes because that's where we store a lot of the stuff, thoughts, summaries, and any of the links to the stuff that we may have talked about. So if they want to know more about a topic in particular, that's often a great place to go, as well as connecting with the folks on the show too. So if you, you know, I, tons of times I've listened to, you know, probably at least thousands of podcast episodes and, and the ones that really resonated with me that I got a lot of value out of it because it was very relevant to what I wanted to know or do, then I would look for opportunities to connect with the guest that was on the show. And a lot of times I would hear things like, here's my contact information and, you know, reach out to me if you have any questions. And they, sometimes they would also say things like, no one ever reaches out to me <laughs> and that would blow my mind. So I'm like, 
all right, I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to actually reach out to them because I would love to know more. And I couldn't tell you how many conversations with people I had both like over the phone, on Zoom, even in person, I met some folks that I originally got connected to through a podcast because they were a guest on that show. And they just said, you know, reach out to me. If there's anything I could do to help. And I got a lot of help from those folks. So um, the, a lot of those as follow-throughs are great. Um, as in, could you just point someone to where your summary is going to be for that episode or that show? Um, or you can just say it out loud and I have a tendency to want to try to do both. How many times have you tried the Colombo close? Come on. I'm that not whole, sure. <laughs> the, the, you're, you're walking out and and just like in a Columbo episode, right before he's done <laughs> interrogating the guy, he says, oh, yeah, just one more thing. How many <laughs> times have you done the Columbo close? Uh, for me, it's too many to count. Like, oh, yeah, one yeah. more thing. And then you just pop the covers off of a, a concept or an idea. Um, look, there's tons of these kinds of ways to exit out. Uh, the one thing you want to make sure you do is you leave your listener in a, the best positive, positive frame of mind as you can, right? Your listener is supposed to walk out of listening to a podcast, glad that they did. So you either leave them on like a, here's, here's a great piece of info, uh, or here's a great sort of set of next steps or, or what have you. Um, and it really depends on the nature of your podcast for that. So with that, I think we're going to close today. Uh, hopefully you got uh, some good stuff out of this. Uh, one of the episodes that we promised to do in the very near future, and I know we talked about it recently, but we're going to do the infotainment episode soon. It's coming. Keep your eyes out. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet, or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck. Uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.